Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Sierra Tishgart for Female Startup Club. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Female Startup Club. I'm your host, Dune Roisin, and today I'm chatting to Sierra Tishgart on her disruptive cookware startup, Great Jones. From Vogue to Forbes 30 Under 30, Great Jones is the modern day cookware brand that everyone's hot for. Lifelong friends, Sierra and Maddie, had the idea over dinner a few years ago and set out to create a luxury cookware company that's more accessible and affordable for young folk. And these are the kind of pots you want in your kitchen. They're pastel-themed and designed with New York small apartments in mind. They're so beautiful, they can literally live on top of your stove. And the branding is something you need to see for yourself. I urge you to check out their website and their Instagram because these women know a thing or two about good-looking stuff. It's one of the best. We're talking about the benefits of co-founders seeing a CEO coach early on in the journey to maintain a healthy friendship and working relationship, how to ask a mentor to actually be your mentor, and raising capital through like-minded, high-profile founders. This is Sierra for Female Startup Club. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. For everyone that's listening in, do you want to talk about what Great Jones is and what your products are all about? Yes. Great Jones is a modern kitchenware company. The goal is to help build confidence in the kitchen. And our products are really just the start of that. I think cooking can feel overwhelming to so many people. It's hard to know where to start. And a big part of, I think, that feeling comes from not knowing what are the right tools to outfit your kitchen or feeling like the right tools are inaccessible. So our goal is to create beautiful, well-designed pieces and hold your hand through the process of figuring out what you actually need to set yourself up for success. Oh, I just absolutely love it. Can you tell us about the origin story and why you wanted to start the business in the first place? Of course. I was working as a journalist at New York Magazine for five years covering food and restaurants. I had a very fun job of running around the city, interviewing chefs, reporting on food, politics, and trends. But as a result, my home cooking had taken a back seat. And I started to feel, as I think a lot of people do as they get into their later 20s, 30s, that this was important for my health. It was something I wanted to invest in. And for me, the first step was knowing that I needed to get new kitchenware. I had hand-me-downs from my father that were Teflon pans that were chipping. Don't Google it. It's very scary. <laughs> and when I went to go figure out what I needed and why, even with the access to chefs and cookbook authors, people who were, you know, I'd lucky to be in my text messages, it was prohibitively expensive and still extremely confusing to figure out what I needed and why. Somebody said to me, just wait until you get married. And I thought, oh God, that's not how I make any decisions in my life. <laughs> like, is that really what we're still thinking about in terms of, of cookware, which is so tied to your health? And um, my childhood friend, Maddie Mollis, had worked in the startup space. And we talked about this idea over dinner, and she was also excited by it. And we dove in. 
And do you remember the light bulb moment where you were like, yeah, it's going to be cookware, like this is it versus like, you know, starting with a cookbook or starting a restaurant, you know, what was the moment that you were like, you know what, it's hundred percent going to be cookware. Yeah. I think it was seeing, um, so like going to try to find a stock pot, which is a very simple item and, and realizing that I had spent, we've all been in these shopping holes. I spent two hours looking at, you know, 10 pages of stock pots. And I was just like, and then a stock pot arrived and it was massive. Like I cooked for one. I thought like, this isn't what I need. Like, this is what, you know, a family of four needs. And realizing that I did not have any straightforward advice or education. And that had really made me lose time and excitement over this purchase. I think the other other element was, you know, I, I was creating this out of New York in a very tiny kitchen. And my cookware needed to sit out on my stove. There was really no other place for it. And feeling like, aesthetically and from a design perspective, nothing was speaking to me. Um, there were some beautiful brands that were very prohibitively expensive, but also quite antiquated. And, you know, this was such a public part of my home in the same way that my sofa was or my art was. And I felt like no company had acknowledged that importance of it. And that, you know, for, form and function are so also close to to the, you know, the pride you take in something being aesthetically pleasing makes you use it more. And I, and I felt like that was a perspective that, that, that no one was taking. Yeah. You really want like some cute cookware just in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like there's such a big gap. It's like you buy something really cheap on Amazon or you buy something that's really expensive that you're like, "Mm, probably don't need to buy this $400 individual pot, you know? Yep. Agree. Agree. There's a big gap. (laughs) There's a big, big gap. (laughs) My girlfriend was actually texting me the other day being like, I need to buy new cookware. And I recommended her your company because I was like, oh, I have this really cool interview coming up. She's based in London. So it didn't make as much sense because obviously, you know, shipping and this kind of thing is is a little difficult, but she had that same, you know, problem and, and insight. So yeah, that's really interesting. I want to talk about your relationship uh, with Maddie, your friend, and now your co-founder and how you guys navigate that relationship and and remain good friends and business partners? Yeah. I mean, I think it is, you know, we have very different skill sets and it's something we put a lot of work into. Starting a company for the first time is one of the greatest privileges and challenges of my life. And it's really important that we devote the time and energy to try to make our working relationship as strong as possible, um, as well as managers you know, as people who have investors now and responsibilities to them, I'd say it's something like all, like all relationships. It takes a lot of work to keep strong. I was reading that you guys have a, um, a CEO coach and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Is that like therapy? I've, I mean, yes, sort of. I, <laughs> I very much believe in the power of talk therapy personally and professionally. And I'd say a coach um, toes the line. There, there, there's a lot that is very similar to how a therapist functions. Um, but you know, a good coach also has some executive experience and can help with like organizational structure and brings that lens to it too. Yeah, that's really cool. Very interesting. I want to talk a little bit about your investment raising. I know that you guys raised a seed round of 2.25, I think it was, and a friends and family round of $600,000. And you guys have some really impressive um, investors like Jen from Away and Audrey from The Wing. Can you talk about what that journey was like? Um, 
how do you how do you even know what to do? Yeah. How do you start? <laughs> I mean, friends and family is true to its word. And and look, I think it's important to recognize that's rooted in great privilege. Like having access to friends and family with disposable capital, um, it's a very rare and privileged thing that like I think it's important to acknowledge and take seriously. But it really started there, which was who was in our network, what can we show? How can they, you know, they're really betting on you as individuals. And a lot of those entrepreneurs who you mentioned who joined the round and joined the round in that friends and family round were people who initially I had looked to for advice. I sat down with Audrey at the wing and said, you know, I'm, I'm actually working out of the wing. Or it's like this is being built in this beautiful place you've created. And like I one, like I want you to know that, that that's like given us resources. And two, what do you think about this? And she actually was very keen. She said, I want to invest, which was so powerful to hear. And I think that really helped shift me to realize that, you know, I think as a woman in particular, you start to feel like asking people anything is, is a burden. Asking people for their time is a burden. Certainly asking them for money is a burden. And there had to really be a shift take place in, in my mind to realize, no, you're giving someone an opportunity. Like, I, this, this is a great idea. We are very poised to do this. Um, you know, asking someone for capital is not just like a favor. Um, they're going to benefit from the success of this company. And I still have to remind myself of that. What would you say that if you were to do it again, what would you do again and what wouldn't you do again? In terms of fundraising? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I mean, someone had given us advice that was like, you know, you have to do it as fast as you can. Like once you're in the market, people know you're in the market and you just have to move fast or else like you become like, you know, if, if no one wants you immediately, you're like, you're like not desired. And that old news. They, yeah. Old news. I mean, there's a lot of parallels to like dating that I think are problematic. It's sort of like you're trying to position yourself and posture yourselves and like that create a lot of pressure that I actually don't think serves the business. Like, yes, I get it. You want to cultivate desire in the market, but you also like this is one of the more important decisions and relationships you can enter into. Like these are major stakeholders in your company who have major control. Like I would say to myself, and, and I think we, we did this in the end, fortunately, but like, this is not something to just be rushed. Like take the time and do the vetting on your part. You are interviewing them just as much as they are interviewing you. And it's not a race just to get the biggest or first check in. These are like real relationships you want to make sure are strong. Like the amount of time, you know, it's like I interviewed you know, 20 applicants embedded maybe a hundred rest like resumes for a job. Like if I'm spending that much time with someone on my team, like this, this deserves, you know, at least that attention. Um, and so to also keep that in mind, it's about the right partner, not the partner, I think with necessarily the biggest check or the quickest check. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, if you're going to be in a startup for 10 years, potentially the person that you speak to on the phone every day must be good for conversation. Yes. Yes. You must need to like them a little bit. <laughs> I think it's also acknowledging, you know, like what roles do you want an investor to fill? Um, where do you need strategic support? You know, different different investors and different firms, different people have different specialties. Like, do we do we actually want to figure out how to ship to your friend in London, which is top of my mind? Like, that is such a bummer that she can't access us. And like, where can you also use this to fill out different skill sets and bring other voices to the table? Yeah, absolutely. Does that mean also you look for um, investment in terms of people's time versus just people's money? Certainly, certainly. Our lead investor, um, Peter Boyce from General Catalyst, is based in New York and is here. And like, 
that is, I mean, and, and also was just so excited about us and like had the time to give and like having someone local who can like come to our office, come to any, comes to every event, like share that energy and share that excitement um, is definitely a huge advantage. Yeah, for sure. Gosh, how exciting. Um, and I want to talk about your branding because it's just so cool. I absolutely love your website, the little giffies and the illustrations and your pot line and how you came up with your color palette for the products. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the decision to really go all out and, and kind of creating this incredible visual brand to go along with your cookware and kind of innovate in that you know, it's very like millennial feeling. It feels really alive and like a lot of thought put into it versus just being like, oh, you know, we're going to launch with, you know, the regular pots and pans kind of thing. Yep. The goal for the brand was to feel nostalgic and retro and joyful above all, like warm and joyful. I wanted to feel like we looked at a lot of vintage cookbooks and I wanted to have that, that feel, um, that's where like the illustrations come into play. I love that vintage cookbooks rely more on illustrations than photography because like we've all seen that photo of a perfect dish in a cookbook where you're like, it's never going to look like that when I do it. Um, so, you know, wanted to feel really playful and joyful. Like food and cooking can be such a wonderful, wonderful thing in our lives. And the process of finding the right kitchenware and outfitting your home was so detached from that. I mean, that was the like 20 pages of stock pots and like, floor to ceiling pots and pans in a store. It was like, that's not fun. And cooking is fun. So how can we tie it more closely to that? I mean, a big part of also our, I guess our branding and our site is, is also showing people, not just showing pots and pans, but showing people we admire, how they cook, um, using, you know, like using that as a way to communicate our values as a brand, just as much as our logo. Yeah. And you guys also show a lot of behind the scenes on your Instagram, like the manufacturing process and like these kind of videos where you show just a a point of difference. I think it's an unusual Instagram account that I really, really like, Um, which leads me into my next question around manufacturing. I was reading that you guys um, have a factory in Hong Kong that is making your products by robots. That's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When we went and vetted factories, that was the most amazing one we had seen. Um, I think it was really incredible just to see the level of technology that could be harnessed for this and how, I mean, there's like a, you know, if you look at like, it's rises with like a Pixar movie, like the room where they test all the pots and pans. They literally have a robot that like drops it a hundred times and like pulls handles and does all these stress tests. And that was really fascinating to me. And I think also spoke to the level of quality control we could have. Do you think that by finding that factory, that's what was able to reduce, or sorry, not do you think, is that why (laughs) that was, um, that factory was able to reduce your cost of the units because it was driven by robots and not made by hand? No. I don't know how pots are usually made, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're made, it's, it's a mix. Um, I don't think that that was not the determining factor there. I think the determining factor of why we can charge less than some of the heritage brands is, is, is that we're selling directly. I mean, that's the classic D to C proposition there is when you avoid the middleman of a big retailer who chips away at your margins, you can actually have much more transparent pricing with a consumer um, and get closer to what the actual, you know, and, and, and pass that savings along. Are you guys going to stay D2C forever or do you think you will look into potentially finding retailers and partners 
and becoming a wholesale brand as well. Yep. I definitely don't want to make any forever commitments. The benefits of D2C beyond financial are really the relationship we can have directly with our customers. You know, when you, if you get rice stuck to the bottom of your pan, like we are there, you can chat with us. Like we will help you figure it out, clean it out. Like having that relationship is really the biggest benefit there. I see that said, um, you know, I think that I want our products to be accessible to people and bigger retailers, you know, have, have the power to do that. And, and I think they're, I definitely wouldn't rule it out for us in the longer term. It's something to consider. And it really is like, it's just like how we talked about fundraising. Um, who's the right partner? Do you have a partner who like gets what Great Jones is about? And we can pass on that ethos, whether it's in like a shop within a bigger store, like how can we keep what makes us special through the lens of a bigger retailer? And I think a lot of bigger retailers are, be, are, doing, are doing very creative work to support startups in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I want to talk about 
finding your first customers and how you actually launched the brand. I know you guys have had significant, incredible press everywhere that was um, probably key in your launch strategy. But how did you guys kind of plan out launching and, and finding your initial people? Instagram is obviously just a powerful, powerful tool there of getting out our, you know, our message and teasing that out as a brand and also relying on some of the relationships I had as a journalist with chefs and other people in the space and many of whom had tested our products, some of whom had invested it, allowed that us to reach that initial group of people. And I'd also really, you know, the power of press. This is where like, I'm proud to work as as a, I'm like once a journalist, always a journalist. Like, our story very fortunately resonated with journalists um, who tested our products, liked what we were creating, you know, very early on. I think one of the first weeks in business, maybe like week two, we were in the New York Times and Wall Street Journal, both in print in the same weekend, which was oh, wow. an amazing accomplishment and like had a big picture of, of our of our goods. And like that, you know, that was huge for us getting the word out. Yeah, that's incredible. And was that you know, something that you were going out and pitching or you had someone doing for you? Or did that kind of just fall onto your lap? I was going out and pitching. I mean, this is where yeah, like, nice. but that's what I used to be on the other side of it. So, new, you know, I think it's crafting an original story. It speaks to our differentiation as in our design that, 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 that resonated. Yeah. And the power of um, having those networks and those contacts that you were able to leverage. Yeah. I'm sure that helped as well. And so what's working for you guys now, like in your marketing and when you're acquiring new customers, what is Instagram still that kind of key channel for you? Instagram is definitely a key, key channel. I mean, that that ties into our organic posting as well as our like paid advertisements. Um, I mean, it's massive. It's just amazing. It's where we live our lives. I actually run our Instagram account and like it is a really I mean it's it's a really fun and like very educational way to just like see directly what is resonating with people I mean like you know I used to work at a at New York mag where every day there was new content on our site like our website stays constant generally like our Instagram is our way to communicate very quickly to test out ideas to to hear from our audience like I'm very, you know, as much as the Instagram itself, it's like too much sometimes. I'm very grateful to have that direct line to customers um, yeah. and to the broader public. So that's huge for us. We also have a service called Potline that is a free tech service that gives real-time cooking advice. Oh my God, cool. Yeah, it's fun. You can just text, you can just text us. You can, I mean, your friend can text us from London. You can text us from anywhere and you don't have to be a great Jones customer. And it's meant to kind of get at like, oh my God, I have, I mean, especially, you know, right now in quarantine, like I have chicken thighs, a can of beans and Swiss chard in my fridge. Like what can I make? And we'll really like give real time advice there to help you through it. And so how does that work? Is that like WhatsApp for business and you have someone that actually is like monitoring these lines nine till five or something and they just write back? Yep. We have, we've expanded the hours very recently. It is really pioneered. I give credit to Gabby Scalzo on our team who is actually, this came from her. She runs our, our customer experience and answers the emails that, that you send into Great Jones. And we would always say like, email us for like a dinner recipe. Like, you know, like she's not just there to just say, here's your shipping confirmation. Like Gabby's an avid home cook. And this was an extension of that. So she answers the, you know, the, the majority of the texts that come in, but it's really just people on her team. It's like, this is, there's no robots involved in this. Like this is just the equivalent of like you texting one of us. 
Um, oh my God, that's brilliant. I love that. I'm going to be texting you guys around the clock. <laughs> I'm going to be like, what's for dinner tonight, Gabby? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She'll love that. She'll love that. <laughs> um, shout out to her. She's going to love this yep. episode. <laughs> um, and I want to switch focus a little bit and talk about some of the kinds of challenges that you face in your business at the moment. You know, you're a few years in, you've had massive growth. Um, what are the kind of challenges that you have? Yeah, there are many. I think one is figuring out, um, I'd say figuring out, as you said, like massive growth is a wonderful thing and certainly revenue growth is a wonderful thing. I think it's trying to balance growth activities with one, making sure it's sustainable for our team. We have a very small team still. And like when we have ambitious plans and like, yeah, I'd love to like press a button and be like, we're international, we're this, we're that. We have, you know, money, new products, like, How do you figure out where to focus your team's energy so that they don't burn out and everyone feels invested and and feels like actually the goals we set to achieve are are feasible? Um, I think on like a more business side, like how do you balance revenue growth with making sure that the unit economics of your business makes sense and your margins are strong? And like those are, you know, I think there's a kind of a reckoning in the consumer world right now where people are looking at the financials across really your whole model, not just looking at pure revenue growth um, as like what makes these businesses work and last. Um, I would say, yeah. And there's also like the exciting fun challenges or like we want to come out with so many new products. Like we hear from our customers constantly that they have requests and ideas and like there's the kitchen is a big space and like trying to be patient as to how we tranche that out. Um, and what we do and, and where there are products where we can solve real pain points for people and improve on what's in the market, um, you know, is a good challenge to have. You know, I really hate those can openers that oh. always never open goddamn cans. And I'm like, how is this allowed to be sellable on the shelf when it doesn't work? <laughs> good. No, I think you might be the first one who suggested we make a can opener, but like, good to know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So what is coming next? What are the kinds of things you guys are working on? Are you allowed to say? Yeah, I can kind of tease. We launched a sheet pan in the holiday season last year called Holy Sheet. That Holy Sheet. Been very, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, it's been great. It's like, it's really, it's it's our best selling product. And that was our, a sheet pan's great because it's like kind of half bakeware, half cookware. And I'll just say like, it's been successful. So we're excited to go deeper into one half of those categories that we haven't totally touched yet. <laughs> Really cool. I'm going to be so excited to tune in. And I also wanted to ask you, I was reading that you both have, you and Maddie both have mentors. And I wanted to ask you some advice on how you go about finding a mentor. What's that relationship look like? um, And if you had any advice for women who are in the position of wanting to find a mentor? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I mean, I think, I think like, like anything, there's some mentor relationships that just take form over time and have like a, like, you know, slowly build. And those are wonderful. Um, and then there's others that you just have to ask for. Like there have been people that I've, that have completely just said, I admire what you're doing. I'd like, like, can we spend more time? Can I, can I call you with this specific question? I think being one direct and two specific, like I get pinged sometimes by people who are like, can we, can I just get like your general advice? And it's, you know, I try to say yes, but I'm, it's much, it catches my attention. It's much more powerful. And I found this on both the receiving and the giving end to say, Hey, I actually want your help with figuring out how to merchandise this product or designing X or like doing this kind of fundraise. Um, being really specific with your asks helps. 
And something that I've had to work on is like feeling more comfortable being vulnerable. Like it's, I think we all probably just want to pretend like everything's perfect. And like, you're really only going to get closer with your mentor and, and really actually benefit from them. If you can be like, this is a problem I'm facing. Like this is, you know, this is not, this is not ideal. Um, and feel, and like being comfortable with that. Yeah. Like this is, this is where I probably don't perform as the way I want to. Yep. This is where I need help. Yeah. Cool. Really great advice. Thank you. And before I get on to my section of six quick questions, which I ask to every woman, the last question I usually ask is what advice do you have for any woman, woman who wants to start a business? I would say like a lot of great businesses run by women in particular, their origin stories are tied to their own personal, honestly, sometimes like shopping problems. Like I know even, you know, Jen Rubio from her ways, you mentioned like her luggage broke, like my, my Teflon cookware was chipping off. Like take your own concerns seriously for one. Like, even if they're like, yeah, shopping problems, like, t- like those are valid. Like we are as women, I think very active consumers, attentive consumers. Um, I think we tend to do research before we purchase something and are very observant and like, that allows when we identify gaps in, in, in the market and see that as an opportunity. Um, I would also say that like recognize that there are, while yes, like female entrepreneurs face a lot of disadvantages and the stats around fundraising are like pretty bleak, like there are recognize where you can lean into this being a superpower to competitive advantages, like 70% of kitchenware customers are women. And yet there are very, very, very few female-led kitchenware brands. And while we don't, you know, only sell to women or speak to women, like that is the perspective that I create from is is huge and something to celebrate and, and own. That's amazing. Thanks. Okay. So now at this part of the podcast, I ask you six quick questions and I ask the same questions to every woman. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. Number one, what's your why? Ooh, um, my why is cooking is one of the true forms of self-care and it's it's something wonderful you can do for yourself and give to others and if we can make people feel more confident and proud doing that I really think that that, that does a lot of good. It's a good why. <laughs> number 2 is what's the number one marketing moment that made your business pop? Ooh. Um I'd say aside from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, like great press day. Um, the Today Show was huge for our business and them sharing our story. I'm like forever grateful for. Wow, that sounds amazing. Number three is where do you hang out to get smarter? To get smarter. Ooh. Could be books, podcasts, people. Yeah, I'd say. Anywhere. One of the like the greatest things about starting a company is like, I actually said this to my husband last night. I was like, I was, I was, I was, I was checking in with friends a lot through COVID. Like I have like kind of this, a great new network of friends who have also started businesses. Um, and really I, you know, it's speaking to them and, and like I said, being vulnerable, sharing this, it makes us feel less alone. And so I would try to find friends who, whatever you do, whether that's starting a business or something else, like Finding other people who who have similar responsibilities is just where I get my energy and where I learn from. 
Question number four is how do you win the day? And that's around your AM and your PM rituals that make you feel happy, productive, successful if you've ticked those off the list. Oof. I I need to definitely get better at the rituals that exist out Me too. of work. Like I I mean, I would say I win the day like I, by spending time with my dog. Um I have like my dog Hubble is the best. I actually got him sort of when like we were starting the company. So like it's and I and I remember thinking like, okay, this this is out of like this, this is like a weird time to do this, but I really want it. And I think it was the best time. Like just knowing that I can step away from work and get outside and have this like I don't know. I just, that's, that's my, that's my ritual. And I think having whatever your outlet is, having something else outside is important. Yeah. Something you can really switch your focus yeah. to and get comfort from as well. Yeah. I actually want that to be mine. That's going to be my goal for next year. <laughs> I want that ASAP. It is truly one of the best things. I want a dog my whole life, like my whole life. And it's just such a joy. <laughs> Your dog's also really cute. I saw a photo when I was stalking you on on the gram. Um, Question number five is if you only had $1,000 left in your business bank account, where would you spend it? Oh, God. And it's kind of like a, you know, where do you need to allocate your resources to or what's the biggest driver for you to keep going? Yeah. Ooh, that is a hard, that is it's a tough one. I mean, like I'd want to, if we were about, like, I'd want to give it to our team. If we were like about, you know, if we were really, I'd want to make sure they, they, they felt valued for their work. I mean, I would say otherwise, like I'd probably spend it on producing video or photo content that I'm trying to think of the level of like photo shoot or video shoot. Um, but probably something around our duchess showing all the ways to use it and and showing and tying it into I think tying it into it reminds me of like our first campaign shoot which was unfortunately more than a thousand dollars but it's like a really meaningful marketing moment for me which is we we got a bunch of real life couples and families and like individuals to show how they used our products and we've always used real people in these shoots for videos, for photos. And I would definitely want to like recreate that um, to like personify why, why we do what we do, what we do, what we do um, and remind people of that energy. Oh, I love that. That's really nice. <laughs> Number six. I'm casting your friends in your photo shoots. <laughs> 100%. That sounds awesome. There's actually a really cool brand in London that um, they also do these kind of photo shoots. It's Rixo. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's a British brand. It's amazing. And at their presentation for during the last fashion week before Corona, they have all these women of all ages, you know, and they all know each other. Like they're all kind of like, it could be someone's auntie or someone's grandma. Like they have all these beautiful women from all walks of life. And I just think it's so special. Really cool. Um, final question is number six, how do you deal with failure? And it can be personal experience or just your general mindset and approach when things yeah. Don't go to plan. I try to say I got into this because personally, um, I saw this as a wonderful way to challenge myself professionally and to make myself uncomfortable in service of creating something that, that, that I really believed in. And in those challenging moments, I try to remind myself that like, this is why we do hard things. This is why we take risks. Like, what can I, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard, it's hard to do in the moment. Like, what can we learn from this? 
how can this make me better? Like all we can be doing is improving. Um, so I try to remember that. And I also, you know, I seek comfort from friends and that's where like my friends who have started businesses and kind of having this great network of women around me is really important because you got to do a healthy mix of like venting and, and processing and then also picking yourself up and saying, this is only going to make me stronger. It's only going to make me more resilient. It's only going to make me more empathetic. Love that. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Where can people find you? Um, well, the Great Jones Instagram is just Great Jones, and you will you can quietly find me there. And my you could also find me at Sierra Tishgart. Um, yeah, I probably in terms of social media, I spend the most time on Instagram, so you can definitely find me there. Amazing! Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that.